This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul, Erev Shabbos, Kaidah Shabbos Cholamayit of Sukkot, and a very, very, very warm welcome to our entire radio family. A good Mayit and Mayadim the Simcha. Thank you so much for for joining us. Baruch Hashem Wazoyich. Even on Cholamayit, there's no holidays from from Torah, so we get together still to try to learn something, to try to grow together, to try to inspire each other to get the most out of the time that we are are us having during this Chagasukas. And of course, there's so much to talk about of of Chagasukas. There's the halachas of the sukkah, there's the concepts of the sukkah. Of course, uh, we're going to be going between this show and the next show, we're going to be going through the end of the Torah of Hashas. So it's the brachas. We're going to try to give a little something about about everything. So let's start with Pashas we know that Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of the parasha, in, in parasha Zaysabrocha, Moshe Rabbeinu dies, and Torah tells us, and no one knows his burial place to this day. Now, in his, in his commentary to Daf Saita, Daf Yudal so the Bach changes the Gemara's narrative to include an additional Passage, which is found in the Yen Yaakov. And it says there, Rav Chana Bachanina said, why is it that the gray side of Moshe Rabbeinu is hidden from the eyes of all human beings? For it was revealed and known to the Rabbani Shlalem that the Beis Hamikdash was destined to be destroyed and that the Jewish people were destined to be exiled from their land. So therefore, the grave had to be hidden. Why? Lest the Yidden come crying to Moshe's graveside at that time and beg Moshe Rabbeinu, say, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, get up and daven on our behalf. Moshe would then arise and through his tefillis kind of uh, uh, catalyze the, the nullification of the decree of, of Golis. Now, when a, a, a monument was erected over the grave of Rabbi Sol Salanta in Kalingrad, Russia, in the year uh, uh, 1811, so Rav Chaim Steinzal remarked, actually, sorry, the, 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 the memorial was placed only in, in 2011. Rav Chaim Stein remarked that we see from this above Chazal how much can be achieved by davening at the kever of a tzaddikim, Hashem Yisbarach concealed Moshe's graveside so that Klal Yisrael would be unable to locate it and daven. Why? To rescind the heavenly decree of Golas. This is a powerful lesson. In fact, the Zayar HaKadosh writes, tzaddikim protect during their lifetime and even more when they're gone. The Zayar quotes, the, 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 the neshama, soul of a, of a deceased person who told Rabbi Yehuda ben Shalom after was asked if in fact the dead are aware of the travail experienced by the living, says in the name of the, of the greatest malachim was appointed over graves, if not for the constant supplication 
of the deceased on behalf of the living, the living would not live even half a day. Furthermore, it goes without saying that the neshamas of the deceased derive tremendous spiritual pleasure from the prayers of, of, of the living. The Chavetz Chaim once remarked concerning Chazal's words, Gmurin Erevin, that says, one who pursues covered honor, right? The honor runs away from him. While one who runs away from honor, so then it comes running after him. So it appears that both the one who runs after honor and the one who runs away from honor are left bereft of honor. The difference between them is apparent on the day of death. The person who has run after honor so has distanced himself from it. The one who has run from honor, however, will find that it finally catches up with him on the day of his death. No more running. We see now who is worthy of distinction and who is not. Claudio has great and wonderful humble individuals who have kept to themselves and have never sought any kind of glory. We see their glory at the base of them from all the little stones piled up on top of, 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 of their monuments. And that's middle of a Chag. We read about Moshe Rabbeinu's death because the power of our great tzaddikim is something that carries with us all the time. We'll come back in a moment with much, much more. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and we're only just getting warmed up. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, Erev Shabbos, Kedish, Shabbos, Cholamoyed, Sukkot. We're back on your radio, even on Cholamoyed. You see, we never take time off from trying to spend some time together, trying to learn, trying to grow. And we're talking here about Sukkot. So let's talk, perhaps a little uncharacteristically for us, let's talk a little bit in, in issue of quite interesting halacha. We know that by the mitzvah of sukkah, so there's a specific requirement by the sukkah to actually to sleep in the sukkah. Okay, there are certain situations where a person may be exempt from the sukkah, and that's a, quite a wide discussion. But generally speaking, the obligation is to sleep. In fact, the Shulchan Aruch says quite, quite straightforward in Simantofresh Lamates Sif Beis, Oichlin v'shoisim, we eat and we drink v'yashenim and sleep in the basukkah kol shiva. And we sleep and in the sukkah all seven days. Bein bayoyim, bein balayla. That applies both by day and by night. The ein yashenim chutz l'sukkah. One's not allowed to sleep outside the sukkah. Afilu shenis aray. Even a little catnap. One's not allowed to take Outside the sukkah, one has to all one sleeping, in fact, in, in the sukkah. Now, it's very interesting. Um, the, the, uh, Shleim Zalman Orbach, they published recently a, uh, what's called the Sefer HaSukkah on the laws of sukkah. See, he, he brings there, yes, in one of his, one of his footnotes, he brings there a tremendous, tremendous, Chiddush regarding sleeping in the sukkah. 
that the actual chiyuv is, the actual obligation is only to go to sleep in a sukkah. But once someone is already asleep, so we know when we're asleep, we're not aware of what we're doing. We're, we're totally basically in, in, in a kind of a, of, of unconscious. And when you're unconscious, you're certainly not obligated in doing mitzvahs. You're in fact exempt from, from doing mitzvahs. And therefore, uh, if you see, if you see someone that's fallen asleep outside the sukkah, there's no obligation to wake him up because at the moment he's asleep, at the moment he's exempt from all mitzvahs. And therefore, he's exempt from mitzvahs. The fact that he's actually sleeping outside the sukkah, he's not doing anything, anything wrong. More than that, he says, if you have a situation of a, of a, let's say a large family and a very small sukkah, and there's no way that any, that everyone can sleep in the sukkah, uh, uh, together. See, he says, what you could do is, family members could go into the sukkah, let's say one by one, lie down, fall asleep, and once they're asleep, they could be removed, and another family member could go into fall asleep, and as long as they're going to sleep in the sukkah, they have fulfilled <coughs> uh, their, their, their obligation, and then you can then clear the spot for someone, for someone, uh, for someone else. Now, <laughs> obviously many Disagree with that. The Ben Ishchai in, uh, in, in, uh, in Sefer in Shana Aleph, Pasha's Hazino, he brings there, no, that if you see someone sleeping outside the sukkah, you're obligated to wake him up. And in fact, the Stechemet also brings it, that you have to wake him up. And he proves it from the fact that what happens if someone during the day goes to sleep, and he falls asleep with his uh, talit katam, with his tzitzis on him. Now, we know that when he wakes up, he doesn't have to make a new bracha on on the tzitzis. But according to Rav Zaman, if during the time that he was asleep, he's actually exempt from all mitzvahs at the time he's sleeping, so then, when he now wakes up, so it's now a new obligation, and therefore he should have to make a, a new bracha when he gets up, which we know is not, which is not true. And he said, you can't make a distinction and say that since at the end of the day, the mitzvah is on him, because we see, let's say at night, according to those opinions that hold that uh, uh, one is exempt from wearing tzitzis at night. So it doesn't, it doesn't help if a person would wear tzitzis the entire night, since at night you're exempt from the mitzvah. So that would be considered a hefsek, an interruption, and you'll be obligated to make a new bracha in, in the morning. And if the same thing should be by sleeping as far as the sukkah is concerned. If Rav Shlomo was correct, that you're actually exempt from mitzvahs at the time when you're already uh, uh, asleep. 
So then the sleep itself is like an interruption and you would need to make a, 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 a bracha again. And the fact that we see that there's no obligation to make a new bracha on tzitzis when you wake up, it seems clear that even when a person is asleep, he's still obligated in all, in all, uh, in all mitzvahs. And, and he, therefore he says quite, quite, uh, uh, explicitly that you're not allowed to remove a sleeping person and remove him out of the sukkah because you are then uh, uh, negating for him the mitzvah of, of sukkah that you're fulfilling even when you're when you're uh, 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 sleeping. The Maril, Maril Diskin also seems to hold like the Benishai that he says if someone falls asleep outside the sukkah you have to wake him up even if he fell asleep sort of by, by mistake, and and the Maril uh, 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 learns it out. He says in Pashas Emar that that's in fact what the Mishnah says in the Seches Sukkah. Yoshen takasamita lo yatsa. If a person sleeps underneath a bed, he's not yatsa. Well, and 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 sh- why did he say not yatsa? He should have said it's also to do it because there's nothing you can do to fix it up. But it means, come to tell us, that the Tana is teaching us that you need to wake that person up. He's not fulfilling the mitzvah, and therefore you have to, you have to wake him, wake him, uh, wake, wake him up. And the same thing, uh, uh, seems that, uh, that, uh, also argues on Rav Zalman, and he says that a, he says that someone sleeping is exempt from mitzvahs. He says, it's it's certainly that the mitzvah of sleeping in the sukkah that is the actual form that that mitzvah takes that he sleeps in the sukkah and even though when he's sleeping he's not conscious of what's going on while he's sleeping nevertheless every moment that he's sleeping in the sukkah he's fulfilling a mitzvah and you're not allowed to take him out of the sukkah while he's uh, while he's sleeping. Right, and and it's still, like there are many other mitzvahs that one fulfills, even though one's not actively uh, uh, doing the mitzvah. For for example, the mitzvah of not doing melacha on Shabbos and Yontif, which the Rambam the Rambam says that uh, by, by doing by by a person not violating any one of the melachas, he fulfills a mitzvah to say the tashbisu. So to yeah, by the fact that a person is asleep. In the sukkah, he's fulfilling the mitzvah saying, and you may not, and you may not remove him at all. But, Moshe raises, it's possible that, yeah, if you see someone sleeping outside the sukkah, maybe you don't need to wake him up. But for a different reason. He says, because since, uh, uh, he did obviously didn't intend to go to sleep, it's an oinus. It's something beyond his control. He fell, fell asleep. And we know there's a rule that when something happens that's beyond the person's control, the Torah exempts him. So therefore, maybe, uh, the question is, maybe there's no obligation to awake him in order to uh, uh, get him to do a mitzvah. And he makes a distinction there that by Kriyashima, regarding Kriyashima, even though if a person, let's say, fell asleep and, and against his will, he fell asleep during the middle of, of, uh, of Krishna. 
But that's different because by not reading Krishna, he's actually uh, losing the opportunity of fulfilling a mitzvah's assay and a daraisa. Right? Because the person isn't obligated to read Krishna. And, and we have to try to do everything we can to help him to fulfill that mitzvah. That's, that's part of our, our interpersonal responsibility. A person shouldn't lose an opportunity to fulfill a, 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 a mitzvah. Even if he's asleep, he's still obligated. And therefore, in that situation, you'd have to wake him up, but he's not sure about whether or not you'd have to wake him up. In, in the case of, of, of a, of, uh, whether he's sleeping outside the sukkah. That's an interesting halakhic, uh, discussion. There's so much. Sukkahs are so rich in so many things to discuss. We're going to come back and discuss, uh, perhaps on a little more homolytical level, the concept of the, of the Dalit Minim and what it can accomplish in the world. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul and we'll be back in a moment. <music> This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio here, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Shabbos, Cholam, Sukkot. We are in the middle of the most amazing Chag of the year, the Chag of, of Sukkot. <clears throat> and therefore, let's take the opportunity to speak a little bit about, about Sukkot, and particularly about the special sacrifices that are brought on this Chag that correspond to the nations of the world and how our sitting in the Sukkah affects that. There's fascinating, fascinating things we're going to bring out here. So we know that the, the, the Chazal tell us that Yemei Shinnah says Shana that the, the lifespan, the normal average lifespan of a person in this life is 70 70 years. And in fact, in the Yihirotzan that we have the custom to say before we say Tehillim, we actually ask that the Altikocheinu don't take us away from this world, before our time, until we at least complete 70, 70 years. Now, the Mishnah Brura in Simon Tovkul Payalif brings down that you should not say the words 70 years old, and his source is from a Mate Ephraim, who explains that <laughs> maybe in Shemayim they'll give you more time, maybe they'll give you 80 years, maybe they'll give you 90. Why are you limiting yourself to to 70 to 70 years? Well, we do find in, in various other places that the concept of 70 does relate to the number of an average person's lifespan. For instance, for example, the Gemara Masech Shabbos on Daf Peites says that Yitzhak Avinu claimed in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what, Kaisal sinned against you? How much could they have sinned? How much does a person anyway live? Only 70 years. And therefore, it would seem that uh, perhaps one can uh, justify the actual text and say until we complete our 70 years and perhaps we can do that by bringing something in the name of uh, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Yudimenov in his Sefer Menachem Tzion on, on actually on last week's Pasha, Pasha's Hazinu that Adam Orishan that because of his sin 
uh, uh, that brought about the creation of the 70 nations of the world. If Adam or Ishan had never sinned, so then all those other 70 nations would never have been created. And he carries on and says, and, and don't think that, uh, in any way, Adam or Ishan is, uh, uh, is, is downgraded his opinion of him in our grade, in our eyes, because, uh, 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 believe me that his, he says, his, his, his nails were more chashuv and, and gave off more resonance and more light, more than anything else in the world. But nevertheless, that was the reality that through his Avera, that's what created the 70, the 70 nations. And so too, any Jew, when he does an Avera, he creates for himself a, a kind of a, a, an oppositional force that has the same strength as the 70 nations, right, who cause him all kinds of difficulties and all kinds of stress in his life. And they don't allow us, right, to, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the peace of, of, of mind to be able to reach the level that we want to reach to, to, to make the, the, the repairs in Hashem's world that we need to make, that we need to make in this, in this world. And this is, he says, this is absolutely and fundamentally true. Right? As, uh, as, uh, he says, as I saw it with my own eyes, that every single Yid creates for himself a, a, a oppositional force that is equal in strength to these 70 nations. And you have to try to overcome them and subdue them. And therefore, he says, that's why on Sukkot we take that these Arba Minim, and we, so to speak, we do battle with them, with all the accusatory angels, all those that are trying to cause us tsaras. Because these four minim, they are the, the weapon that we use, and together, by, by waving it back and forth and up and down, that any time there's any kind of an accuser, any kind of, of force that's trying to subvert us and, and any other Jew, all of them should fall at our, at our feet and shouldn't be able to get up at all. And therefore, this is the main reason, he says, for the tremendous joy on this, on this Chag, using the, the Arbaminim. And we praise our Kaddish Baruch Hu that he gave us this, this incredible uh, ability how to, to get rid of all the, all the Rishoyim in, 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 in the world. Probably thing is that. So from his, from his very, very, uh, holy words, we can understand that every person has 70 nations privately ganging up, uh, uh, against him, created by his own Averas that therefore now try to distract him and, and, and dissuade him from serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And through the Arbaminim, we have the ability to, to vanquish. And, and remove their influence from, from us. Now, when the Holy Isfarim, they, 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 uh, the Ari, uh, uh, says, uh, uh, that all the, the Neshamas, 
we know were included in the neshama of Adam Orishan at the time of his chait. And therefore, anyone who was ever created, uh, uh, unfortunately, has the, the, the decree that he's going to, that he's going to, to die. And we know that, uh, you know, it's that the, the cause of the chait of Adam Rishon was that since all of the neshamas were included in from every type and species of person, some of them were tzaddikim, some of them were rishayim, some of them were, were, were gangsters, some of them were, were, uh, incredibly, incredibly, uh, uh, rigorous people, and, and some of them were, 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 you know, uh, people had all kinds of, uh, 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 and, and that's what's created within him. The desire to eat from this Eitzadas. And therefore, it wasn't Adam Arishan so much so who, who, who sinned, but it's because of all those Neshamas that were part of his makeup. And nevertheless, he did Tshuva. Because if it wasn't for the Chait, so he would have lived Eternally, and because of his chait, so it says, "On the day that you eat from that fruit, you're going to you're going to die." Therefore, it comes that every single Jew is actually a, is part and parcel is, is is a partner in the sin of Adamorishan, and therefore, in the same way as we said that Adamorishan created caused the creation. Of the 70 nations, each person has his own private 70 nation army that, that, that relates to his, his uh, own, own neshama. And that only he, with your own, with his own tshuva and his own, uh, atik and his own rectification is able to remove and to chase them out of the world. And therefore, every single person gets shivim shana. Yet 70 years, which is really the time that is set for him, as the Pasuk says, in order to remove those 70 nations that were created because of the sin of the Adam of Mauritian, and which now are his own personal battle to, to, uh, to fight. And, and, uh, and, and the, tr- the truth is that if a person might live more than 70 years, because uh, you know, he might need more time to, to vanquish his 70 enemies. And, uh, someone else might live a shorter time because he had, uh, very, very little left to, to, to do and, and was able to accomplish it in much less than, than 70 years. And that seems to be also the, the impression one gets from an Ari elsewhere in Pasha's Sazria, where, where he writes that why is the Mila on the uh, on the sev- on the eighth day, right? To hint us that on the eighth day that uh, 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 is already um, he's already sort of gone out of the the control of the seventy negative forces. Because since our lifetime is 70 years, and uh, when we get up past 70 years, so then that's already gvuris, that's already strength, 
and the, 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 these forces of Tum have no power on, on, on the years of, of, of Gevura. So, because you've already, you've already, uh, uh, arisen above them and, and, uh, and surpassed them. And therefore, he gets his, a uh, child gets his bris on the eighth day, because the, the, uh, eighth day then symbolizes that already that finishing the, 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 the cycle of seven, where we surpass all the forces of, of evil and give ourselves the potential and the ability to completely uh, uh, vanquish them. Now, it's clear without any shadow of a doubt, he says, that uh, I've seen it, that if someone says that there are shivim ponim latayur, there are 70 ways of understanding every single word of uh, of uh, of Torah, they they mean they mean it they mean it literally. It's not that there's perhaps uh, sixty, perhaps seventy. No, there are at least a uh, 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 seventy. But it's come to teach us that, in fact, there might be more. There are many, many, many ways of interpreting a uh, uh, Torah because when we use the word seventy colloquially in our language, it means lots. And, and it could be actually, uh, 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 more than 70. It could be more than 70,000. It could be more than 700,000. And, and it's actually endless. Torah, Torah is Rechava Minyam. Torah is endless. There's no end. 70 is always an expression of tremendous, tremendous abundance. And no one has ever gotten to the point where he's somehow amassed, uh, uh all the explanations of, of, of Torah. It's impossible for any human being to, to get there. So it comes out there if that number 70 as in Shivim Ponim La Torah, it's not to be taken literally. And, and, uh, Torah has many, many thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of, of, uh, exploration. So why then do we use the word 70? So based on what we're saying, it's, it's possible that if someone manages to be misaking his 70 demons, his 70 nations that are fighting up uh, uh, against him. So then, he will then be to, to reveal the, the endless uh, different ideas and different understandings and different depths of the, of the, of, of, of the Torah. Now, the, the, the Panam Yafas, uh, 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 says, that and he brings the brings the uh, the chida in 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 his yon, in his sefer uh, simchas simchas regla. I think the svasemis seems to say the the same thing that every single day of the chag of sukkas corresponds to ten years, and therefore there's seven days of of sukkas. So that corresponds to seventy years of a person's of a person's life. And perhaps you can say that the, the, the power of Chagasukas is that we have during Sukkas the ability to fast track and, and actually win the war during the Sukkas holiday against all 70 of those private demons and private enemies that are there to try to subvert us. And that's because since Chagasukas Corresponds, and, and the reason we have it is because of the Anani Hakovad, 
the, the clouds of glory that Hashem bore us, as the Gemara in, in Sukkah says, that came through Aaron, Aaron Akain. And Aaron, we know, is Oyev Shalom, the Roydev Shalom. He loved peace. He chased peace. And therefore, the, 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 the school of those days is to somehow unite all of Klai Yisrael and all of Klai, as we know, he says that, uh, Ezrach Bisrael, Yeshu Basukas, that all of Klai Yisrael is, it, it could somehow fit together and sit in one, in one sukkah. And through that tremendous, tremendous unity, we could be zayachet to fix up not only your, one's own 70 nation battle, but even someone else's. And therefore, in one chag, we could actually, uh, 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 do battle and, and vanquish every single person's personal 70 nation opposition force that stands against them. And in fact, the Goyen says that, the Goyen in Mishlei says on, on the Pasuk, famous Pasuk, Rabbis, Bonus, Bonus, Osu many daughters have done tremendous, uh, 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 strong things, but at least Al-Kulana, but you are greater than all, than all of them. And he says that the, the Torah we know, Mishnah Prabhupada says that Torah can be acquired with 48 ways. And the more a person has of these 48 midas, so he's going to be zarechem more and more to, to the Holy Torah. But it's impossible that a person could possibly acquire all 48. But if a person has even a, a, a chalik, and, and someone else has another chalik. He, let's say, acquires some of the midas, and someone else inquires all of, uh, other midas. So that in between all of them together, somehow, we're able to encompass all 48 midas, even if it takes many very people to, to do it. So, that's fine. Because, Torah as a totality, can only be acquired when all 48 midas have been, have been taken over. And that's Rabbi's bonus. There are many, many Tamil Chachamim, Asu Chayil. They tried and, 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 and they made tremendous, tremendous strides in trying to acquire some or many of these, of these, uh, 48 ways. But the art, which is the, the totality and the entirety of Torah, only through them all together combining their work and, and all the efforts they put into will that create the unity will that create the oneness that will give us domination over all over all 48 so therefore that's the same way we can understand the concept of these 70 nations that were that were uh, created because of your own portion in the sin of, of Adam Arishan, that through uh, joining together and the midah of Achtas, that everyone can fix up not only your own portion, but also someone else's. And therefore, we're all working together that as a totality, we can get rid of all of those oppositional forces. So now let's come back to the words of 
Rabbi Menachem Mendel, we mean of that, that we started from, that the, the skula of the Arba Minim is to give us that power to remove these 70 nations that are opposing every single person. And we can say based on what we've said, that these, even these, these uh, Arba Minim, the whole Indian is, of course, the Achtus, right? Where we take the, the Lulav and the Esrog. The Esrog is the Tzaddik, and, and the Lulav is the person who, who does mitzvahs but doesn't learn Torah, and the Hadass is one that learns Torah and doesn't do mitzvahs. And we, and we join them together with a, a Rav who has nothing, even with Rishoyim as the Medrash, as the Medrash brings, brings down. And together through creating that unity of Klai Yisrael together, we merit that each one can, can fix up not only his own nemesis, but can help and aid his friend also to completely vanquish and get rid of his own enemies, all those things that are trying to stop him from becoming the greatest person that, that he is, and therefore be Zaycha to complete to complete Shlemus. And the Gemara in Shabbat says in Daflama Gimel, Rav Shimon Yechai and his son, you know, hid in a cave for 12 years, and a, a miracle happened, and a, a carob tree and a well was was created for them. And and it's difficult to understand why Dafka a carob tree, why not something else more sort of uh, 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 you know rooted to the to the to the ground? Why why that? So answers because the the carob tree is only we know only grows after seventy years it produces it produces fruit as the Gemara Bukhara says, and therefore in in here. What the nace was that in one moment, it, uh, it, it, it grew. And it's come to teach us that by going into the, the cave and their intention was to fix up all the shivim shana, all the problems, all the oppositional forces, all the temptations, all the etzaris that stand against us. So therefore, he could be zeicha that even in one moment, in one moment of true tshuva, in one moment of the abaminim, we can fix up not only our seventy things, which, but but we can actually work together to bring about the 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 ultimate tikkun, the ultimate repair of all the things that need to be fixed in this world. And Bez Hashem will be, will will get to the to the end. Of, of this time, the time where we'll talk of Yisrochet to sit in the in the sukkah shell of Yosin in the tremendous tremendous uh, 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 sukkah that that will be made from that that uh, that amazing uh, Yosin fish that Hakadosh Baruch Hu promises to shelter us in in the time of Mashiach. May it happen speedily in our days. This is one one point nine Chai FM Soul to Soul. The program is Soul to Soul, and we'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Shabbos, Cholamay, Sukkis, Tov Shin Peibes. Welcome, welcome back <clears throat> to the show. So nice to have you with us. We are talking about all sorts of aspects of Sukkis so far. We've spoken a little bit about the concept of sleeping in the sukkah, we've spoken about 
a little bit on the Pasha of Zaysabrocha. We spoke a bit about the 70 nations and what the Sheikhn and the Lulav does. Let's speak a little bit about the, the mitzvah of Simcha on Sukkis. However, before we do that, as we all do at this point on the show, just the important times you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So, of course, this afternoon, the earliest time for lighting your Shabbos candles is at 4.47. And again, um, you may be lighting them in your house. You might be lighting them somewhere near the sukkah. <clears throat> but anyway, wherever you are, get them up early. Get Shabbos, such a beautiful Shabbos, going straight from Cholmoyed into a Shabbos. It's already, it's already halfway there. Cholmoyed is really such an aspect of of, of Yom Tev, but Baruch Hashem, uh, we go 447 is the earliest. The latest time for benching Licht today is at 547. So that's 13 minutes before 6 o'clock. That's the latest time. Make sure that you get things ready and organized and good to go before that so that we can uh, really enjoy and appreciate and get into and get into the, the Shabbos. Shkia then is at 6.05. That's really your injury time. If you really, really are, are, are stuck somewhere. Therefore, if you want to daven Mayrev, Bismana, and not have to repeat the, the Krishma, and has to wait till 6.23. 6.23 is already not. You can already daven uh, uh, Mayrev and, and not have to repeat Krishma and then settle down in the sukkah for a beautiful meal. And of course, Shabbos, even though it's Kalmoid, so you say the normal Shabbos Kiddush, but of course, every meal we eat in the sukkah, we say the brach of Le Shev Ba Sukkah to sit in the sukkah tomorrow. Shabbos Kalmoid, quite a, an extensive davening. So first of all, of course, it's Kalmoid, so we say the full the full halal, although of course we do not take the abaminim. Abaminim stay home, get a, get a day off, get a rest. They've worked hard already for four days. Give them one more day off and then we'll use them again on Sunday and, which is Kalmoid and Monday, which is Hashanah, Hashanah Rabbah. We'll use them also. Talal and then because it's Shabbos Kalmoid, the meaning is we, we lane Megillus Kohelis, the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, which of course we read just to, because of the fact that Sukkot is such a happy Yom Tov, we want to make sure we don't get too carried away and, and, uh, too much into sort of, uh, 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 holiday mode. And therefore we need to remember that, that, uh, these things always need to be controlled and, and, uh, and, and tempered. So that was, that's Kohelis. The laning is from Pasha's Kisisa. Mentions all the Yom Tovim of the year, and uh, and uh, right, and there's a maftir also from the the uh, maftir for the third day of Cholmoid uh, uh, Sukkot, which is uh, day four, five, and day, day four and five in the uh, of of the days of the of the Kabbonis. The Haftarah, of course, is a very special Haftarah about the war of Goygumogog, that great war that's going to take place just before the coming of uh, of, of Moshiach. And then, of course, we also do Hoshanis. Some do it in Chakra, some do it in Musaf. According to your custom, we don't go around 
the bima. We don't take navaminim, so we don't go on the bima, but we still do say the the uh, the Ashana. So it's quite a, a, a long a long uh, a davening, and, uh, and then of course. Yeah, then uh, if you're having a kiddush, great. Then we go home and enjoy the regular Shabbos meal, Shalshudas. Shabbos kiddush ends tomorrow night at six thirty-six. That's twenty-four minutes before seven o'clock, and then we go back into Cholmoy day four of Cholmoy, as I say, day five, Sunday night, Monday, which of course is Hashanah Rabbah, and then we go into the finale of of Sukkot and uh, and and Simchas and Simchas Story goes that Cy Bergman was very pr- very proud of his shiny new Maserati, and his wife complained of the ostentation. You're such a materialist. One morning, he parked on the street across from Shul, and just as he was opening his door to get out. Two drag racers were speeding by. One racer clipped his car door and turned it inside out. Sai was so angry. It's only a car, Sylvia chastised him. It can be fixed. Give Hashem the thanks you were, you were not hit. Only a car, Sai shouted. It'll never be fixed like it was again. Oh, uh, you're such a materialist. One second later, and you could have been killed. Give thanks. You've been so upset about the car, you haven't even noticed. The accident tore your left arm off. Sai looked at the bloody stump on his left shoulder. Oh no, he shouted. My Rolex is gone. We live in a time where due to the pursuit of materialism, the expectations, perhaps the standards that one is meant to keep are rising by the moment. What was considered fancy yesterday is today normal and uh, outdated tomorrow. Sadly, many people can't keep up with the Jewish Joneses, the Burmans, and put themselves into serious debt, trying. Something has got to give. On the on the Chag of Sukkot, and we're preparing, right? And, and yo, it's, it's time that we reflect on what could be a, a, a perspective shifting concept that the special Yom Tov provides. Let's begin with the words of the holy Ramchal and Derech Hashem. Ramchal writes regarding the key theme of Sukkot, which is the Anani Hakavah, the clouds of glory. It says the clouds of glory with which Hashem surrounded the Jewish people had a great spiritual effect in addition to their physical purpose, which was to cover them and, and protect them. Just like Yisrael found itself separated, alone, and lifted up from the earth by these clouds. So too, they were brought to to a, such an eminent an eminent level that housed them separately from all the other nations. Literally, uplifted and removed them 
from the world itself. He actually made them superior to all the nations of the world. This effect was passed on to each person in Klai Yisrael for all, all generations. If we kind of go into the depth behind these words, we see what the goal of Sukkot is. The program of Sukkot is to detach a Yid from the values of the worlds and separate him from the nations and their ideals and their Mishugasim. To those who are grounded to this world, success can be defined in terms of material pursuits, such as money as being an end, fancy holidays, and gourmet food. On Sukkot, anyone who wants can tap into an incredible program of disconnecting from this world and thereby elevating themselves into a sphere far, far greater than those uh, 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 that are attached to materialism. This kind of reprogramming is initiated through the departure from the luxury of our houses and the transplantation into, into the sukkah, which is a lower level of standards, according to most, according to most, uh, 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 uh people. We'll be back in a moment with some final comments. This is 101.9 High FM. The program is Soul to Soul, and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio with just a few more closing comments about the holiday of Sukkot. So we are sitting in the Sukkah. We see that our happiness is not based on comfort and indulgence. We may begin to question why we are so preoccupied with chasing wealth to begin with, as it doesn't only not give us happiness, it complicates our lives, bringing tremendous stress and interpersonal issues. In fact, in his Mithra Vinyo, explains that when it comes to machlekes, conflict with other people, it's overwhelmingly connected to matters of Olam Hazed, this world, to business, inheritance, money, contracts, and people who are threats to one's supposed portion in this world. He also writes that this is why the sukkah is connected to Aaron Akain as it corresponds to the Ananiya Kovid, which originally came in the schus and the merit of, of Aaron. Aaron, we know, was the ultimate keeper of peace. We find the connection to the purpose of Sukkot in our nightly Meir of prayers. And Meir of evening, every evening, we mention our desire to be placed Right, the sukkah of peace, because the sukkah is meant to give us peace with others and within ourselves. Practically speaking, as we enter our sukkah, 
Let's remember that money and materialism will never make us happy. Let's remember that the joy lies in connection to and closeness with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As we say in Pesukah de Zimra, Bekudei Hashem Yesharem, the orders of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are upright. Misam Chelev, causing the heart to rejoice. May our attitude always be to strive for that connection through the minimizing of material pursuits. And may pure happiness be the most immediate rewards for that, for that, uh, uh, decision. And that really is, that's what Saman Simchosenu is. Time to free ourselves a little bit and to work on developing that connection, that beautiful connection to our Kaddish Baruch. And of course, we really give that a ride as we come now towards the end of, of the Yom Tif. And we come to Shminyatseres. And, and Simchas the time when we celebrate our, our siyum, our conclusion of the reading of the Parshish of the Torah, the yearly cycle, going through the entire history of, of Klaiso. And we're so glad we finished. We went through the whole thing. Maybe this year we even managed to do some of the Rashi. And then we're going to turn around Be'ez Hashem on the very same Simchas and we're going to start all over again. We're going to begin Again, a new, a new cycle. And of course, but it's not the same cycle. It's a cycle built on the previous cycle. It's a cycle where we're going to have better understanding, a better a, a insight into what the Torah is meaning because we learned more last year and we're going to learn more this year. And as we get closer and closer and more involved in, in what Hashem wants us to be involved in and less involved, in, 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 in the materialism and running off the things that we're never going to be able to, to catch. That really brings the ultimate simcha of what Sukkot is supposed to be about. And that's about all the time we are going to have for our, our Sukkot show. And therefore, just one minute to take the opportunity to thank you all, first of all, for joining us and being part of, of the show this week and every week and to wish each and every one of you, first of all, a beautiful good Shabbos for the upcoming Shabbos Cholomoyed, and then a good Yom Tov as we, as we approach through the last two days of Cholomoyed, and then Shmini Yatzeres, and, and Simchas Torah. May, may we reach the zenith of, of our joy, of, of our, of our happiness, of our, of our connection in a beautiful Torah type of type of way in a beautiful, beautiful, sublime happiness of, of, of really accomplishing something. And Bez Hashem will then start Pasha's Bresh. Hashem should give us the strength and we'll be able to meet Bez Hashem next week at the same time and start again with Pasha's Bresh. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And a good Shabbos and a good Yom Tov and a good Mayit to, to all.